Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. So they say that, you know, running your own direct sales business is because you have to do, well, running your own business. Let me not yeah. say direct sales. Yeah. Is personal personal development with a paycheck and which I completely get and could get behind, but what I didn't see coming (laughs) and kind of hit me like a ton of bricks was how it also made me a better mom. Mm. And I was one of those, um, you had mentioned mom guilt at one point, mom guilt Mm -hmm. is not something that I have. I don't have, I don't have a lot of mom guilt. Let me put it that way. I have some but I don't have a lot. Yeah. Um, motherhood was much more difficult for me than I ever imagined it to be. Yeah. Just really hard, really difficult, difficult children. Mm. Um, we had a set of twins that comes with its own set of issues and difficulty. Um, so, but what I, But so, yeah, so when I started really thinking about all the stuff that I was practicing in my business and how I could translate it to motherhood, I was like, oh, oh, like, you know, they, you have to have patience when you're building a business, right? You're not, you're not an overnight success, even though it might seem like you're an overnight success. We all know that nobody's an overnight success, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I wasn't being patient with my kids. I, you know, Mm. I wanted them to understand life now and I wanted them to get it and I wanted them to have it all flushed out. Yes. And And we don't even have it flushed out. We expect our kids to have it all. Right. And so, um, like I, I, one of my sayings that I was constantly saying was like, I don't understand what you don't understand. Like, I don't understand what you don't understand. And my, and my daughter would always go, but mom, we're just small. We have small brains. We're just small. (laughs) We're just small, just small. And I understood that logically, but I couldn't, I couldn't translate it to how I was reacting to them. And once it kind of clicked for me, I am much more patient with them. I am not to say that I'm, you know, I've got it all figured out, you know, like, yeah, none of us do. We're all just on the journey. (laughs) Yeah. Amen. So it was just, um, it was just kind of like this light bulb went off of, of I, I'm doing this in my business, but I'm not doing this in my own personal life with my kids who are, you know, my most important legacy. They're my most important thing that I should be working on, you know, other than my marriage with my husband, but you know. Yeah. Um, it's funny because as I was listening to you, you know, a lot, you know, I did, Mary Kay for many, many, many years before it. And I credit so much of those years for the personal growth. So when you said that, I was like, yes, right on. And I'm excited to kind of dig into this too, because, you know, multi-level marketing, network marketing, now they call it social media marketing, all that stuff. Social selling. Social, social selling. That one. Yep. Um, there's a lot of negative stigma on it. And so I'm excited to address this because what I firmly believed when I did Mary Kay, you know, it's one of those things that's not for everyone, you know, business and things like that, but it could also be for a season, a reason. And there's certain things that you can also do to protect yourself, to keep from kind of getting, um, 
like the negative side, like financial, you know what I mean? Like that seems that's a, a big, what is it? Criticism of it. And mm-hmm. so it's basically, it's like you, you know, you have to be smart with your decisions and have good mentors to help you make good financial decisions. But those kind of financial pitfalls can happen in any business, like Absolutely. whether, no matter what field it is. And so it's kind of like direct sales, I think it's a bad rap, but people, you know, any business, anytime you do a business, you can, or any, not even a business, you could just go to Target and way overspent your money. So um, the money- and I don't know what a, you're talking about. I don't understand. Yeah, that's never happened to you. <laughs> that's never um, happened. <laughs> but that's, I mean, it can be a slippery slope, but at the same yeah. time, like you said, I love with business. You know, I've always said, I think everyone should run a business of some kind, you know, like even on the smallest of scales to just understand what it means to have to run all, think about all that stuff, be in charge of your own paycheck. There's such- yeah growth in that. And even if that's not what you're meant to do, it'll make you appreciate your future bosses and leaders and whatnot, because you're like, I am glad I don't have to deal with all that stuff. I just want to deal with this piece of the pie. I don't want to deal with all of it. So I think there's a lot of wisdom in there. And then I think too, with parenting, kind of putting that spin on how can this make us better? Because so often when we translate lessons from one area of life to others like that, and it all just works in unison together. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so tell everyone who you are, Julie. So I'm Julie Nicholson Burke and my business is Jay Burke for Jay Elizabeth. Jay Elizabeth is a direct sales company. Uh, We, we specialize in graphic t-shirts, graphic mugs. Um, We can customize for businesses. We have thousands of graphics to already choose from um, I've been doing it for about three years now. The company's only three years old. I started six weeks after it opened wow. its doors. Wow, so I really cool. took a chance, but I didn't really know what I was kind of getting into. Um, and it just kind of flourished for me and um, very thankful that it has. It's awesome. It's been a good journey. That's great. And you're a mom to three. Yes. I have a nine-year-old son and then I have a six-year-old boy-girl twins. Awesome. So you have a full, full plate, full plate. Yes. 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 So you jumped into, now, did you do direct sales before you got involved with your current company? Um, Many moons ago before social media, almost even before email. Yeah. (laughs) That's really dating me. (laughs) Yeah. And now you're like, oh my gosh, it's so much easier now with all this technology. Totally. Like, you know, you know, we, we were just talking about how social or how, um, direct sales and network marketing has this bad rap. And it's because all those years ago, we didn't have the avenues that we do now to reach the masses. So people were getting tired of their friends, always asking them to host parties. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I have to do that. I don't feel like I have to do that at all. I, I have people coming to me asking me if I will run a party for them, mm. which is, you know, the, the, the golden egg, that's what you want to have happen. Yeah. Um, so I don't feel that, but I, I, I understand the stigma that comes with that. So of course, you know, as we know, it's not going to be for everyone, but I love getting different insights on it because it's really at the end of the day, no matter whether it's your own business, direct sales or anything, when you run a business, when you're in charge of your own paycheck, I think that there's so much personal growth that happens because it becomes like, you take the accountability for it. Are you going to blame others or are you going to really step it up? And I think, you know, your parallel to parenting is so crucial because 
we can blame our kids for stuff. Um, but it really comes down to us. And you know what? I'll just even compare it to dogs because we always say like the dog needs training. And how often is it? They're like, no, no, the owner needs training. And when you look at parenting and people are like, these are the things going on. It's like, well, we can't change them. We can help them and advocate for them, which I'm all for. Yeah. But you know, I would say most of the time it's like, we can't control them. So we have to work on us because right. we can only brains. control our own. We can only control our own actions. Yeah. We can't control theirs. We can offer consequences to their actions, but that's it. And yeah. um, that, that took me a long time to understand. Um, you know, there's no, you don't go to school to parent, and anybody mm-hmm. can be a parent. And, and, and so it just, I'm all about, bettering myself and learning more about myself and learning more about my kids to do exactly what's going to, going to help them. But what was innate in me on how to parent them didn't work. Mm. And so I really had to find different ways and different avenues that was out of my comfort zone to parent them. I have a, my, my nine-year-old is very difficult He has a couple of diagnoses, um, emotional behavioral diagnoses. And, um, and I kept, I I wasn't pressing for the diagnosis, but I kept pressing getting him tested because I'm like, something's not right here. Something is not right here. Sometimes he gets it, but sometimes he does like there just was something there. And I was always told, oh, he's an energetic boy and you just have to let him, he'll grow out of it and blah, blah, blah. But that, that didn't happen. (laughs) And it sounds like you also knew in your gut, right? Cause yeah, I think that you do. Mom's always know best in my opinion. And, um, so when he did get the diagnosis, I, I said, okay, well, can you define what that diagnosis means? And (laughs) the neuropsychologist explained it to me. And I was like, oh yeah, that's totally him. Absolutely. 100%. Mm. So having that led us to be able to put him on the right road school-wise because he was having really real difficulties in school socially. Um, but boy, uh, so yeah, it, it's just, it's just been a journey that has been a huge learning curve for me and learning experience. Yeah. And um, coupled with this, this um, business that I have that I love and works for me because I can work it from my phone and I can work it around my family schedule. I can take my kids to therapy. I can take them to activities. I can take them when their bus doesn't show up this morning for school. I can drive him and not worry about being on this time schedule and having to report to somebody to say, I'm sorry, I'm late, but my kids bus didn't come this morning. Um, Julie, I'd love to hear like, what did life look like for you? So kind of like, if you can think of some examples, what did life look like before kind of making those connections of the personal growth you were having in your business? What did it look like before? And then mm-hmm. what, ha- when did the shift start to happen? So life before my business was chaotic, extremely chaotic. Um, and I didn't like being a mom. Mm. It didn't seem to be to me, it's, it felt like no matter what I did, it didn't work. It didn't give me the, the, the calmness or the 
the joy that I thought came with being a mom. I love my children. Mm-hmm. I love my children. They're great. But you put the three of them together and it's just chaos and it's a madhouse and it's a lot of yelling or it was, it was a lot of yelling and it was a lot of why don't you understand? I'm telling you what you need to do. Why don't you understand? And um, the shift started to happen, I would say probably in year two of my business Mm. um, where I wanted to do my business right because direct selling and network marketing has a sometimes negative connotations with people. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it the right way. So I was taking trainings anywhere and everywhere that I could. And when I hit year two, I was like, oh, wow. It kind of dawned on me. I keep hearing the same things over and over and over and over and over again. There must be something to this. (laughs) Maybe I should start to actually listen. It takes a while for us, for everyone. I think, you know, we have to, sometimes we need a lot. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I kept thinking, well, there, I, I, there's, there's got to be more out there. There's got to be more out there. There must be more. There must be more to this. Well, direct sales is simple, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But if you mm-hmm. can look at the simplicity of it and take the, um, the, the uh, things that you're learning from this, from all those trainings. I was like, oh, well, I can be patient in my business. Why can't I be patient with my kids? You know what? It's like building the muscle though. That's like when you are working on a business. And so for other, you know, for listeners, it's like insert whatever you're working on. Right. That's almost like that's giving us the place to build the muscle up of patience. Like we learn what it feels like to have to be patient. So it's easier to apply in another area of life where we, have lots of practice, but it's so much easier to default to yelling, snapping, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, another thing, like I, I could be consistent with my business, but I didn't feel like I was being very consistent with my kids. Mm. I would, one day I'd be, I'd be right with them and I'd be, you know, spending lots of quality time with them and be right on in the next day. I'm like, but I, I need to work and I need to do this. And, and, and you had yesterday and I need today. And, and their, their little brains couldn't switch that quickly yeah. Um, and didn't understand why mom was fully engaged yesterday, but doesn't want to be engaged at all today. And um, so I had to put up some, some boundaries of, uh, <laughs> of okay, I'm going to play with you for an hour. We're going to do whatever you want for an hour, but then you're going to give mommy an hour so she can do some work. Um, you just said something really huge, by the way, that I okay. feel like we talk a lot about boundaries with other adults. Yeah. But I don't know if I have heard a lot of talk about boundaries with kids. Yeah. And teaching them that, you know, teaching them what it looks like. Because of course, showing them is the best thing. And right. Hmm, that's really no, good, we, Julie. We, so through quarantine, we started playing this game that the four of us would play this game. You know, it's just a lot of me running around and trying to, trying to get them. And they like the, they like the adrenaline of me trying to catch them and that type of thing. But I started to find that <laughs> after about 45 minutes, I'm like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> like I need a, I need a break. Yeah, Mommy needs amazing. to lay down for a few minutes. <laughs> I was going to say, my games are like, you draw me while I'm laying on the couch sleeping. 
That's my game. Or let's play <laughs> doctor and I'm the patient. Laying down. <laughs> so the fact that you even said you were chasing them, I'm like, whoa, you go girl. Well, but I know you also like to run. So, you know, well, well, <laughs> I have an injury right now. So, so, so the back that the running in the game is, is, is off the table right now. But yeah. Um, but I found that if I said, okay, I need a break. They would all go to their rooms and they were perfectly happy being in their rooms for like 45 minutes to an hour. And I was like, this is perfect. If I just give them that undivided attention for just a little bit and they know that mommy's fully engaged, they re- they return the favor to me by giving yeah. me some time by myself to work my business or take a nap or <laughs> do the laundry or what, you know, Have whatever, the, whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. The laundry's endless. Right. Um, so it was, that was a big light bulb for me. A big one. That's really great. It's the, like you said, it's the undivided time. I've noticed we were, we started to play games midday. Um, we've been playing cribbage for like the last six months and we started doing it together as a family midday. And, you know, it's kind of one of the things when we were doing it, it just was a nice flow because we kind of got that, un, you know, undivided time. And, but of course, stuff happens, you stop doing it. And then suddenly you're back to like, just feeling like your ship's passing in the night, depending on how old your kids are. You know what I mean? And then, right. you know, everyone does better when there's more engaged interaction versus yes. just everyone's surviving. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were, we've even been doing little games at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, answer this, qu- how would you answer this question? And then all five of us go around and how do we answer it? And um, it, it's, first of all, it's hysterical because, you know, they're six and nine. So their answers are a little off the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? Where my nine-year-old is like Africa, but my six-year-old's like, I want to go to the pool. You know? Chuck e. Cheese. <laughs> I want to go to Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, so that, that cracks me up. I'm like, wow, he's, he's pretty easy. Just wants to go to the pool, you know, yeah. but we didn't have that opportunity last year to go to the pool. So that's yeah. a big deal right now, right? Yep. That's going to be a big change. So mm-hmm. you definitely have, yeah, that boundaries thing. That's just, I'm still thinking about that. That's like, mm, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, that was huge. And that's, that's a lesson that I've had to tell my husband too. And cause I'm, you know, we're, we're all addicted to phones and we're all addicted to technology these days. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, but if you give them just a little bit of your time, your undivided attention they'll take the technology and go for a little while. So then you can be on your technology (laughs) and not feel like you're being hounded by them. Yeah, You know, cause he's like, I'll hear him say, I just want to read this article. I just want to read this article. I just want to read this article. And I'm like, well then give them the five minutes and then you can read your article. And so true at bedtime. That's like same thing in our house, like five minutes, you know, 10 minutes at bedtime of just talking, then it's a good night. But if yeah, every time okay. we try to push it off, because it's like I'm too yeah, they tired, feel like they, they feel like they're they feel being pushed away, and yeah. we're the we're the two people who love them the most and should want to be around them, and and that's kind of the guilt that I had prior to this light bulb going off is I'm like, why don't I want to be around them? Why do I not? I love them, but they drive me crazy. That is some mom truth that need that I feel like why I love fleshing it out because that's the kind of thing where, you know, 
mom hacks, mom tips. Let's talk about all this stuff, you know, but like it usually starts because it starts from a place of like, I'm miserable. Yeah. And I, and you know, I'm not ashamed to say it. We, we had to have IVF to have our children. Mm-hmm. So we, <laughs> ours weren't oops, you know, like ours were, <laughs> okay. The twins were a little bit of an oops, but you know, we, we invested a lot of time and energy mm-hmm. and money into having these children and then weren't happy with, with not the outcome. Cause obviously we have beautiful children and they're healthy yeah. and they're great. And but I've but, heard that from people who it was difficult, it, like difficult to conceive or if they did, I'd be like, as soon as you said that, I was like, I can, I've actually had a few conversations, you know, offline with people where it's the same thing. It's like, we worked really hard for this, or we waited a really long time for this. And I can't tell anyone how miserable I am, miserable I am. because they saw how bad I wanted it, you know, and then. Oh, well, you, you feel, you feel like you're being ungrateful. You mm. know what I mean? You, you have these kids and we didn't have any failed cycles. So we didn't have mm-hmm. that journey to go on. We were very lucky that the time we went twice and we got three kids. Yeah. So we were one of the lucky ones that didn't have failed cycles, but then you're, you know, and then, and then you got the bonus kid, right? How can, how can you deny having the bonus kid of that? You got twins. Yeah. Oh, how great. And, and, and you're like, you have no idea how hard this is. Mm-hmm. You have no idea how difficult this is. Yeah. You have no idea that like having two at the same time is very cute to the outsider because, okay, two babies at the same time is really cute. It is. Yes. Oh. But it's not all that people thinking twins is. There's fighting from a from a really young age, there's, there's, I don't want to share from a really young age. It's getting two babies dressed and out the door. Sleep, is, wake oh, one down. Fine. The lack of sleep was ridiculous. <sighs> and um, I never felt very comfortable when they were, when they were baby babies feeding them at the same time outside of the house. I had a really good setup in my house and I felt very comfortable doing that. And they were great. And it was, it was seamless, but when they're eating every three hours, right. Remember those days Mm -hmm. that I would feed them, get them dressed, get them into the grocery store, then be stopped by every single person who wants to see the babies because they're cute. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, like so cute, oh. adorable. And everybody just, everybody's coming from a kind hearted place. They just want to see, and they just want to talk. Mm. And all you're thinking is, oh my gosh, I need to get the groceries. Borrowed time, borrowed time. Back people. in the car because I have to be home by a certain time to, to feed them again. And you're, you know, like the anxiety would start. And um, to the point where my, my aunt would come over. She lived in Maryland. She would come over, I don't know, maybe once every three weeks. And she'd be like, what are we going to do today? And I'm like, we're going to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. And she would take the twins in their stroller and she would walk around target. Let the people admire them. Let the people admire them. Well, I, well, I did the grocery shopping and then we would meet up front and we would go, cause she, she knew the birth weights and she knew who was older. And I mean, she oh. knew all the, all the pertinent information that people ask. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, it's one of those things where you're like, I didn't know 
that this is what people did or had, or, you know, you don't know it until you're in it. Exactly. We had a redhead baby and um, we joked that like, so when you said the twins, she knew all the relevant information. We used to joke that we were going to make a shirt for non-redhead parents of a redhead child because there's the standard questions. And one day we were at Target and we saw a non-redhead dad with a redhead baby. And we did like, we were eyeing them. And then we said something and he overheard us. We ended up stopping and talking to them and they had the same experience. Where does the red hair come from? Now, this is much less stressful than twins, but it still was the, I didn't know that when we went out in public, there would be all of, you know, that this was a thing. I didn't know this was a thing. So one of my, one of my daughter has red hair. (gasps) So you double. Yeah. And so I get asked a lot, where does the red hair come from? Because I have brown hair. The boys have brown hair. My husband's gray, (laughs) but it's his mother. It's my mother-in-law that the red hair comes from. Yeah. Yeah. I get asked that a lot. Where does she get her red hair? This is all the stuff that it's like with parenting. It's great. You can laugh about later, but then, oh, there's this other side where it's like, oh, this is the really hard stuff. And that's the stuff in the middle of target that you can't, it's easier to talk about birth weights and (sighs) you know, whatnot. And that's when people say, how are they sleeping? Like, you don't really want to get into a, how are they sleeping conversation? Cause I might have a breakdown right here in the middle of the store. Right. Do you want to do, are you trying to make me cry? Are you yeah. trying to make me cry? Right. Right. And so, you know, and it, it for, for a long time, I, I, I could talk to my good friends and I could talk to my, my family about, I don't, I'm not enjoying this, you know, and we waited, you know, I took, I didn't get married till I was 36 and I didn't have my first kid till I was 39. And I was, you know, I was a really great aunt. Like my, my nieces and nephews think I'm the bomb. And so I thought if I can be a great aunt, I can be the, I can be a great mom. And Oh my gosh, two totally different things, two totally different things. Yes. Um, so what, uh, how did that? So you said with the shift started to happen, cause you know, I'm so glad you painted that picture of how hard motherhood is because it right. is. So I think that's the part that people just don't talk enough about. And so, um, you know, by, by starting your business and kind of working and doing something, it sounds like, you know, doing something outside of your family started kind of pouring into yourself and realizing like, wait, I can still take care of myself. I can still improve myself. And, you know, as I said earlier, like you can still, you start building up those muscles to then transfer it over to your, to your family. So what, what was the shifts that started happening? Cause I loved how you said the boundaries with your kids, Mm -hmm. how you Mm -hmm. started to say, okay, I, I need to be consistent with them. What's another thing that you think you found through? Oh, the biggest one for me was not caring what other moms thought. Oh, snap. Yep. Yep. You know, in my business, I have to care. I have to not care what the haters think, right? Mm. I'm I'm on my, my path. I'm on my trajectory of being the best business owner that I can be. Um, but as a mom... I had to really not care what other moms thought of me. I, you know, mm-hmm. we've all been there when you've had to carry your kid out the far, the fireman's, mm-hmm. <laughs> the fireman hold. Yeah. We've all been there. Um, mm. I, I have a very, I have a very difficult son mm-hmm. that 
I can't tell you how many places I've had to be where I just had to be like, and we're done. This play date's done. Sorry. We have to go now. Leaving your cart full of groceries there, which who would ever do that? Right. I would never leave my groceries. Well, sometimes when there's a meltdown happening that we can't control desperate times. Yeah. And so that was a, that was a really big one for me because I'm also one of those types of people that I want everybody to like me. Yeah. I'm likable. I'm Julie. Doesn't everybody love me? You're amazing. (laughs) I'm amazing. And my parenting is, um, shows how amazing I am because I need it to be wonderful. So everyone can see how amazing I am through my parenting. Right. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And that was, that was, a that's a really hard one for me. And yeah, it's, it's, it's taken me a really long time to not, to not care what, um, what they think, because I wanted all the moms to like me. I wanted to have the child that was like, oh, yay, they're coming. They're coming to the play tape. They're coming to the park. They're coming. Mm. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've walked into the park with my older son and people like, Oh no, here they come, Mm. (laughs) you know, and it's just, and I have to, like I said earlier, like I had to parent him very differently than what I thought. And I was going to, and, um, how did you build up? So for, especially for moms listening, you know, that, that feel that, that feel what you just said, you know, when you walk up and just, you have a lot on your plate. There's a lot going on. How did you work through that? Cause that breaks um, your heart for your kid, you know, cause we want, we want to feel included. Right. And we definitely want our kids to, too. Yeah. And it just, it just took a lot of time and it just took a lot of trial and error of going to those places. And, mm-hmm. you know, you see, you see the looks and, you know, it's not from the kids, it's from the other moms you know, the other kids don't know, you know, they, they, but they understand when he may not act right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I would, I would have kids come up to me and say, your son did this or did that. And I'm like, okay. And most moms, cause I tried this, I would, I would, I would say, okay, it's time for us to go. And then he would have a meltdown a meltdown. But if I went up to him and I'd say, I hear you're not acting correctly. I hear you're, you're doing X, Y, and Z. If I hear it or about it, or if I see it again, we have to go. And my, and he'd be like, okay. But if I said, it's just time to go meltdown city. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's working through those trial and errors, you know, no kid comes with a, with a, um, with a manual <laughs> and all three of mine are different that I can guarantee you. And yeah. what works for one doesn't work for the other. What discipline works for one doesn't work for the other. What, what consequence works for one doesn't work for the other. And it's a lot of trial and error. And it always made me feel a little guilty when, when someone would say, your son is doing this. And I'd say, okay. And I would, to them, I would look flippant about it, mm-hmm. but I know that I wasn't being flippant about it. I was giving him another chance. Yeah. 
Yeah. And sometimes you have to give them the second chance. Yeah. It's not that I wasn't, didn't care. It's mm-hmm. not that I didn't want to discipline him. I just knew that after that first time, it wasn't going to work for him. I had to, he needed the second chance. Yep. I, um, with my daughter, when she was younger, you know, I just felt like there was a lot of emotions and I, I feel like I had that a lot of, I feel like maybe Gen X millennial parents. And even now I think to have where it's like, you want to let your kid feel the feelings, you know, Mm -hmm. because we're not trying to like shut them down, but then that gets to a point like, but you have to figure out what that looks like. Cause it's different from kid to kid of like, right. when it's just the consequences and all that stuff. And so I remember with my daughter, like trying to navigate that and having her have times where she'd be just not great. And me trying to like stay calm. Cause I knew mm-hmm. that like my reaction was such a big part of it. Right. So I, I dealt with a lot of the, like, I look like I'm just not caring right now and I'm just oblivious, but like, I'm trying to keep my anxiety in check to like, let this pass so that we don't amp each other up. Right. And instead I just look like flippant, like I don't really care, you know, and it's so, so hard. You know, and now that he's a little older, I think letting that stuff slide is a little bit more acceptable at his age, but when he was three and he was hitting and kicking and not being nice, yeah, I don't want my kid to do that. I don't, oh, of yeah. course I don't, but it was part of his personality and, mm. you know, and he was learning would, too, you know? So, yeah. And nobody wants their kid hit or hit or kicked. You yeah. know, I, I have one of those kids that was, you know, I've had one that was the hitter and the kicker and I've had one who was the hitty and the kicky. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it's not, it's not great on either side. It stinks on both sides. And, um, but you have to have an understanding that every kid is different and you have to have an understanding that no parent wants the hitter or the kicker, um, or the biter, you know, luckily mine didn't bite, but I had my other son was bit all the time yeah. and, you know, daycare would call, Oh, Tyler was bit today. And I would just say, is he okay? They're like, oh, he's fine. I'm like, then tell the other parent that he's fine. And we understand. And it's okay. Yeah. Cause I know what it's like to be on the other side. Yep. And I would, and the daycare would be like, we've never had a parent say that before, mm. you know? And I'm like, but you have to have compassion, compassion. that yeah. it's not the other parent's fault that their, that their kid is a biter or that their kid is a hitter. It's the mm. child. But you also have to have compassion for the child that they're still learning and that they're still processing and they're still trying to figure the world out and their executive functioning of impulse control hasn't matured yet. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. Yeah. And we have to nurture them, of course, keep everyone safe, but nurture them so that it can develop properly so that it doesn't get shut down so that they don't have a chance to process. Right. Cause I think, right. um, I don't know that scientifically, but just based on other stuff, it's like, you know, if, if it's like coping mechanisms, coping mechanisms, you know what I mean? Like learning right. the coping mechanisms versus just shutting it down and then never learning kind of how to cope. I'm so glad you said the thing about compassion. Cause as I was listening to you, I thought, man, 
this is why, especially as moms, but it could be all parents. And once again, if, even if someone's not a parent, this could translate to anything that yep. a struggle that anyone's going through is it's the yep. whole idea of, you know, if you're talking to someone, especially if it's a friend, it's the whole, are you asking for advice or just venting? Because we so often, I think, I shouldn't say we, but I know for me and a lot of people, you want to help, you want to fix, you want to get in there. And when you were talking about, you know, we, when we left the park, we did this and, and da, 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 I thought, man, how many moms at that park were probably thinking, you know, if you would just do this coming from a good place, like not trying to be condescending, but like, here's some tips that would probably help you. Well, if you're not needing advice right now, you just kind of need some non-judgmental support. Like that's right. what you need. And so as I was listening to you, I was like, that's one of those messages. Like we said earlier, dang, how many times those messages have to come across our feed to right. like, maybe this is mine. Like, oh, it's that whole, not everyone wants advice, you know? And a lot of times I know from my experience too, you know, you just want to to have that safe place to, to process it. And cause you know, like that's the other thing too, like we as moms, know kind of in our guts so much. And I think too, with business, um, what I love, you know, talking to so many different business owners and whatnot is that there's definitely tips to success. There's definitely best business practices, you know, things to do, but time and time again, and this is so true, you know, with, um, with, with your line with direct selling and now social selling, it's like, it's you, you're the the person people buy from, you're the person of your business. And so you can try all the best practices, but if it doesn't work for you, then it's not going to work. So it's just like with parenting, like you have to do what's, what's best for you and not what others think we should do. And yeah. And that, that was a hard one for me. That was a really hard one to not be liked or thinking that my parenting was being judged. And, um, but I've been a parent to this particular child now for nine years and I can, I can pretty much know how to do it now, you know, it's not, it's not flawless every day. Don't get me wrong, but it's, but you know, we have the nuts and bolts down, right. Yeah. But it's feeling like, you know, what works for your child isn't going to work for mine and what works for mine doesn't work for yours. And, and, and it's. And it's just not caring. You just have to not care. Yeah. And I don't, and I mean that from a caring place. <laughs> oh, 100%. That's, I mean, that's for me, I've been, I've been posting more about like people pleasing and things yes. like that because, you know, people pleasing people pleasers, it's like want everyone to be happy. You know, it's like not, it's not just about being liked. It's like wanting everyone to be happy and good, but just realizing, you know, we're, we're missing out by doing that. So Right. right. So with business, so parenting business, what I love is that there, it's almost like they go back and forth. One, one right. lesson you learn in business, you can apply it to personal one lesson. You can apply to personal go back and forth. So with that, with, you know, the boundaries, not, you know, worrying about what other people think, how are you moving forward? Like, where are you where do you see, you know, with your growth, with your business, with raising these kids as they get older, how are you melding those worlds? Well, you know, everybody's always looking for this, the secret sauce, right? What's the one thing to, that's going to, to explode my business. And it always comes back to, I'm the secret sauce in my business. 
Mm. People buy from me because they like me. And how I, how I translated that to the kids was they only get one mom mm. and I'm it. So I need to be their secret sauce. I need to be present. I need to be engaged. I need to be patient. I need to have the boundaries. I need to have quality over quantity. I need to have all these things to be the best mom in their secret sauce that I can be like I am in my business. And every time I kind of feel like my patient's wearing thin, I'm like, but I'm their secret sauce, I'm their secret sauce. You know, it's okay that my, my patience is thin. That's okay. But I need to tell them that my patience is running thin because when they get older and they look back at their childhood, I don't want it to be, oh yeah, mom yelled a lot. You know, I, that, that, that would really pain me a lot. And mm-hmm. I'm sure in their younger days, they would have said that, but I've really tried hard to to change that and just say, Hey guys, my patience is running thin. Something needs to change here. And they get that. They actually get that. And I didn't think that they would, I, you know, kids are smarter than we give them credit for. And they, when I say my patience is running thin or, you know, it's, it's (sighs) something needs to change. Come on guys. They, They get it. They get that mommy's hit her, the end. And, um, and they, they bring it down. So that, that is what's, I kind of always tell, tell myself in my head that I'm my customer's secret sauce, but I'm also my kid's secret sauce. And, um, that, that has really changed the, um, environment in the house. That I, what a perfect way the secret sauce to your customers and to your kids. And what I saw as you were talking, what I heard was it's being authentic and vulnerable in your business mm-hmm. and being authentic and vulnerable with your kids. Yes. Or with, like you said, or with anything, anything. that you yeah. are struggling with or want to see succeed. Because you are the secret sauce. Because you are the secret sauce. So good. So good. Julie, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they find you? Facebook. Love me some Facebook. Um, My personal page is Julie Nicholson Burke. My group for my business is Jay Burke for Jay Elizabeth. And I thrive off a messenger. So send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Julie, thank you so much for sharing more about your journey and especially the, the parts, like I said, that just there's so much commonality in motherhood, but when we live in this, there's so much beauty to social media, right? You know, I love getting Mm -hmm. to stay in touch with people, especially through this pandemic. I mean, we haven't, we used to see each other, you know, in person and now we haven't, Mm -hmm. but I still feel like, you know, I still get to see people online, but of course, you know, we we share our highlights reels and, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's good to do that but it's nice to kind of peel back the layer. So I appreciate you taking the time to peel back and sharing some of those wisdom and aha insight moments, because I think the secret sauce is something we can all walk away knowing that we're, you know, in any area of life. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Thank you. And that's a wrap. 
for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. For all things flushing, visit our website at flushingitout.com. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.